Kia ora, I'm Andrew Whiteside. The Camper Van is a new play opening in Auckland in early September 2022. It stars well-known actors Lisa Chappell and Andrew Granger and is directed by equally well-known actor and director Simon Prast. It was written by award-winning screenwriter, playwright and script consultant Catherine Burnett who has worked in the New Zealand TV and film industry for over 20 years. She joins me now to discuss this very funny play. Catherine Burnett, nice to finally get you into my studio. Good morning. Good morning. So lovely to be here, Andrew. Thank you. Uh, now, before we begin the interview, we need to get something straight. You and I have known each other a very, very long time. Oh, I kind of think of you as a mere acquaintance, so well, that's I was surprising to, me. I was going to say I'm a very good friend of yours, but, <laughs> but a minor acquaintance of mine. Well. Yes. Um, so we're going to be talking about uh, the camper van. Yes, which are. is uh, your new work that you've written, and a little bit of an introduction to it. What's the story about, in a nutshell? In a nutshell, it is about a rich lister called Hugh, who is onto his second wife and is heading into his 60th year and has somewhat of a midlife crisis and decides, much to the absolute horror and chagrin of his entire family, that he's going to sell everything he owns put it into another project and go and live in a camper van. Now, I have to say, I was at a table read of this uh, production some time ago, and I was very impressed. It was very funny. Oh, thank you. But I'm still curious, where did the story come from? What was its genesis? Well, it was really as simple as this. As I was thinking, and this was a few years ago, I was thinking, what would it be like if I actually just really properly downsized? And because I don't really need very much, and I think this generally about, you know, in the Western world, this is what we're like, right? We accumulate a lot of stuff that we really don't need. We think we need it. We don't need it. And I was just going through one of those phases where I was thinking, I'm really, what do I need? I need a bathroom. I need a bed. I need somewhere to write. I need a laptop. I need food. I need electricity. I could, could I live in a camper van or one of those big Winnebago's? That's what I was thinking about. And I wasn't seriously going, oh, I'm going to go do it. But I really seriously entertained the idea of what would happen if I did that and sold everything that I really just don't need, including my house, just FYI, um, live off that money and live in a camper van. And I, the thing that, from that idea, the thing that spurred the idea for the play was how I knew that so many people would go, you are so crazy. So yeah, that's where it came from. That was the genesis of it. And I thought, what would happen? And then I started thinking about... Um, his immediate family are going to have some say on this, and it really just grew from there. The story itself is actually taking pot shots at the one percenters, the elite in society, right? Um, I would say yes and no. Like I think definitely they come in for some drubbing, but I think even though the family that we are watching, you know, erupt, are very wealthy and are in the one percent, I think it's really about just Western society generally. So even though they are really wealthy, it is a not just about people that are at that super top wealth, sort of top end. Um, it's about anyone that has stuff, really. Um, so I think it's more about just the way we are in the West generally because we're pretty spoilt for the most part. Not everyone I know, but for the most part we are. So Hugh has his, or is approaching 60th birthday, and I guess that is an interesting time in uh, in a person's life when they realise that the things that they've acquired haven't given them the fulfilment 
or even the happiness that they want in life. And they're suddenly thinking, what have I done with my life if it's just been about board games, acquisition, etc. So it's a really, so was that, was it interesting for you to explore that time of life? Um, I think it, it wouldn't, in a way, it didn't really matter um, what time of life he was at. I just wanted a character that had a wife that it had, he'd had a child with and then had a new wife. And I thought 60 was about right for someone looking at the end of the road and going, how long is the road now? Mm. How long have I got left? And what have I done with my life? And what have I done with it? But also he is, he just wants more, which is that really excessive greed that we all see played out uh, by the, the billionaires of the world, where it's there's just never enough, uh, which I, that's what I find fascinating and that's what I've explored because Hugh is, you know, he's hiding it really well as you'll see when you come and see my play. Um, he's hiding it really well, but underneath all of it, no matter what he says, is a just a desire for more. And he's kind of bought everything he can buy. And I guess for me, the question that comes up is these people that are those really multimillionaire, billionaire people, um, when do they stop? You see that they run out of things to buy and they start doing things like buying their way onto the International Space Station. Because they've just run out of things to buy. And don't you, I don't know, don't you, I do, I sit there going, you could do so much with your money that is really meaningful, and you don't. You just spend your time trying to accumulate more that you can never, ever spend, which I find extraordinary. And I'm trying not to be a judgy McJudge pants about that, because <laughs> it's their money, they can do what the hell they want. But it's just so interesting. Uh, I just can't get my head around that mindset, because you literally can't spend that money. So why are you accumulating it? You can't buy anything else. In, in a smaller sense, all of us do yes. that, particularly in the exactly West. We, we do right. that all the time. We, exactly we, we go right. shopping or we do things that mm. to distract us from, mm. I, I wouldn't say an emptiness necessarily, mm. but it, maybe it's a sense of purpose that people lack. Yeah, and I think for some people it is an emptiness, but not everyone, obviously. Um, who doesn't like buying things? I do. But I, who doesn't like nice things? I do. But I'm just really aware of the... The folks in our world, that that's everything. So when you write something like this, the characters inhabit your brain for a long time. You, you work an awful lot, and I know you well enough to know that you spend a lot of time thinking about their backstories, their, their interests, all of that, as you're also constructing the story. Um, so I'm wondering what, and rather if, has this process of writing this impacted back on you in some way it has a little bit I think I was already thinking about that stuff anyway just as a human being so I think it has impacted on me the surprising thing that has impacted on me is how fond I am of them yeah and they're kind of awful you know on <laughs> but in that very you know they're not axe murderers they're just they're really flawed people and what was surprising to me was how fond I am of them and how I really understand where all of them are coming from and why status quo is for them everything, like why they want to hang on to what they have. Uh, and I think that's interesting. So let's dig in a little bit to the cast and uh, the director. So you've got Simon Prast, very high profile um, actor and director. That's a bit of a coup. I know. I was so thrilled. 
uh, Tadpole Productions, who were producing the play, sent him the play and he just agreed immediately, which was the best. And I was so, so thrilled. Never worked with Simon before and I was just so, so delighted. And he just really liked it. And when we first met about it, uh, he just said, so this is what I'm thinking for cast, and started reeling off names, and I was going, he really gets it. <laughs> like, he really gets this play, and he said he found it really funny. And that's what you want when you've written a comedy. You want a director that comes on board that goes, I really love it because it's really funny. Let's make it happen. Now, Lisa Chapel, mm-hmm. love Lisa Chapel, lovely so lady. So do I. And uh, she is in the show. Now, she was in Mike and Virginia, your, your first she, play that you wrote. She was. She was in Mike and Virginia, and she was Virginia, and she was fantastic. And that's, I, of course, knew who she was, but I had never worked with her before and really loved it. And so I'm so, so thrilled when she immediately came on board as well. And Andrew Granger, who yes. is about, to, I, don't, I don't know quite his role, it just says voice in the new Hobbit, uh, not Hobbit, the new Lord of the Rings right. show that, uh, that Amazon are putting right. out. But a very experienced actor, and he's mm. playing Hugh. Mm. Yeah, and he is, um, you know, folks that um, go to theatre a lot in Auckland will know him so well from many ATC productions. He's a real um, stalwart of that company and has a, has a real presence, he, though, doesn't he? He does. He's so yeah. great. And he is one of those people that can flip from affable, <laughs> jolly, and bit bumbly yeah. to slightly chilling in a heartbeat, <laughs> which I just love. Great for a one percenter. Yeah. So the characters themselves, did you have uh, real people in mind at all? Not really. Uh, I, I tend not to base my characters on real people I te- but what I did do was think about the type of people they were and thought about a range of people that I'd ever met or talked to um, you know acquaintances for example that had certain mannerisms or preoccupations shall we say so Hugh's second wife Tamsin is mid-30s I'd say their family probably lives in Hearn Bay for Auckland listeners and, you know, I've heard stories <laughs> and I have, you know, talked to various people that are in that world and it's just catching snippets of of that world and d- digging into the attitudes. So it's not really a, this is one person, this is just an observation of these are some attitudes I've come across. And she is um, certainly by no means a stupid woman. But it's just got a very, very narrow focus. And it's interesting for me when I think about, and it's conversations I've had just with people that I've just met at various things, that I'm sort of flabbergasted by how incredibly rude they are. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it's, it's stuff like that. You go, this is just gold. Like, I'm just tucking that in my back pocket. It's fantastic. But, but beastly characters are fun, though, aren't they? Oh, they're the they? best. Unless you encounter them in real life, in yeah. which case, not so fun. But, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of actors. They say it's the it's the mean ones, the nasty ones, the whatever, that they really relish because they can play with maybe a little bit of the, what, their own personality, but they can also draw on something that's ex- that, that, in a way that they would never do. So mm. it's kind of exciting. It's fun. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's fun to write. It's really fun to write. Uh, those characters are great because you can, as you said earlier, I can poke at a certain type of person and get away with it. Um, I like writing comedy, but I also find comedy is a really great way to convey something that is perhaps a little bit unpalatable. 
And I noticed that at the read that you came to, which was um, in Devonport, that there were a few people in that audience that went, oh, <laughs> at the end, they were going, oh, I think I've just been poked a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Which but is great. It, it, it's quite easy for people, though, to see characteristics in characters mm. and then think, oh, yeah, I... I think I channel a bit of that myself. Oh, definitely. But I, I was going to say to you, um, or talk really, about the fine line between creating someone who is ghastly, in, in your words, but not so repellent that the audience is turned off from the from the play or mm. from the... It's, it's a real fine balance, particularly in comedy, because in a sense with a villain, you almost want people not quite to root for them but to see something in them that will make them continue with that journey with them yeah yeah it's I mean this for me this is just um, character creation 101 it is finding what is the heart of that character like what is what are they on the surface and then underneath what's going on and what are what are their world beliefs so what are their self-beliefs what do they believe about the world and I mean you know I would also point out that a lot of villains in really great, you know, film, theatre, novels, etc., they don't think they're the villain. Exactly. They've just got a worldview that doesn't equate with the rest of the world they're in. So so it, the, my characters aren't really monstrous, put it that way. Um, but it's just digging into their perception of the world and how you can put that across in a way that people go, we don't like it, but we understand it. Catherine Burnett, your uh, show, The Campervan, your play, The Campervan, opens in early September. Um, there'll be links down below to all of that. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. And oh, thank, thank you. And thank you for joining me. Um, absolute pleasure. It was fun. That was Catherine Burnett talking about The Campervan, which opens in Auckland September 2022. Now, on my website, you'll find plenty of interviews, reviews, and lots of my opinion. I cover the arts and entertainment industry and the LGBTQ communities. All of that is on andrewwhiteside.com. While there, you can sign up for my regular newsletters. And if you want to support my journalism, you can do so by buying me a coffee. Links to that also on the website. I am Andrew Whiteside. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you soon.